Good morning. And praise the Lord. And I thank leaders of the church for inviting me and allowing me to share the word of God this morning. And thank John for the way you've led worship, especially these last couple of songs, which have been very meaningful and powerful. And I thank you, Graham, for focusing our minds on the needs of this world. It's a challenge really, isn't it? That what I say this morning will be true for a Kurdish Christian in Syria looking at a devastated home. Broken. Not sure about the future. Totally lost. And if what I say isn't true for that man as much as it's true for you, then it's not what it should be. These flowers, do you like the arrangement? Yeah? The closer you get, the even better it is. Now I take a slightly different look at this, not being as romantic as you, Kevin. <laughs> this Toby, Toby Hancock, um, put that together. It's beautiful in its simplicity. It's got Jesus in the centre. In the centre. And what around it is beautiful and simplistic and wonderful. And that's really the heart of what I want to talk about. About simplicity. The having... Jesus in the centre of our lives. Now, it's almost like when you've got a, a camera and you, are, you need to focus, sometimes life can get out of focus. And today I just hope that we can focus again and, and get Jesus in the centre of our lives, each and every one of us, which means that we get Jesus in the centre of this church. And then things become wonderfully simple. I'm quite moved. We had a, uh, a morning sort of devotion, Carl and, and, and me. And it was in Matthew 28. It was a great commission. And at the end of it, they're told to make disciples. But they're told to teach everyone to observe his commandments. Not to teach them, but to teach them to observe. That's quite different, isn't it? You can hear what's being said, but it's actually doing what the Lord says makes the difference. I remember a sermon and someone was preaching about a Church of England vicar who would always, every Sunday, he would preach. And then just as he left church, pinned on his back, was the words, now do it. Yeah? And that's really what it's about, isn't it? Not just hearing, but doing. 
teaching them to observe. I've come towards the end of a, of a, I'm working with Peter. We're working in tandem here because I haven't got a kicker. Um, but if we could just move on. Um, but this is a, a series that's followed on from silence, solitude, and the Sabbath. Simplicity to you and me would mean uncomplicated. Something that's quite simple. And yet I think if you were true with yourself, that our lives tend towards complication. Lives are complicated. Our lives, our relationships, our attitudes, our thinking can make things more complex. So I beg the question, is it possible to attain simplicity? Can you live a simple life? Is it possible? The dictionary would say simplicity is the condition of being easy to understand or to do. Simplicity is not a life devoid of responsibility or challenge. It doesn't mean never facing disappointment. It doesn't mean not suffering loss. It flows in part from the things that our pastor, Pastor Wayne, has spoken about. Of solitude. Of Sabbath and of silence. But biblical simplicity is slightly different. It's trusting dependence on God. And a single-hearted devotion. Now that's possible for you. It is. And when you get the big thing right, other things fall into their place. A trusting dependence on God. Hallelujah. And a single-hearted devotion. Get Jesus. In the middle. In the middle of wherever you are. In the middle of whatever you're facing. In the middle of your broken heartedness. In the middle of your disappointment. In the middle of whatever challenge you face in life. The call throughout scripture is allow God to come into the center of your life. If Jesus were here, he would preach the Sermon on the Mount to you. Oh, six or six verses or five or six verses of it. And for the moment, I, I want us just to look at one part of that. And it's, it's in Matthew chapter 6. And we're going to start in verse 19. But I take you to the beginning of, of chapter 6. It starts, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. He says, avoid pride. 
It goes on, but when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that you give him maybe in secret. He's saying, be a people of integrity. Goes on to say, and when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray, standing in the synagogues on the street corners to be seen by others. He says, avoid duplicity. And then it goes on to the prayer that the Lord taught us. So you say you should pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Be people of faith. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Be people of love and grace. When you fast, do not look somber. As the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Just be genuine. Ian, would you be authentic? Will you be real? And then it leads on to our passage. Do not store up for yourselves treasure on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourself treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. Let's be single-minded. Be focused. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, the actual uh, word means generous, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, the word means stingy, your whole word will be, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is the darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either you hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Saying, avoid duplicity and compromise. Therefore, as a result of all this, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, about your body, what you will wear, Is not life more than food and your body more than clothes? Look, the birds of the air, they do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. And are you not more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about your clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you of little faith? God's looking for one thing in my life and your life, and that's faith. Faith to believe his word is true.
So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these, all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. He is a nub. But seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things shall be given or added to you. The key of simplicity is living for Jesus. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. That verse that you're looking at is my life verse. It was given to me as a young Christian. These things shall be added to you as well. If, Ian, you were to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And the Spirit of God speaks that over us all. Just asking you that simple question, will you do it? Will you do it? And the promise is absolutely astounding. Earth-shattering. And he will provide for you what you need. The path to simplicity, this is a decision of my will to renounce all other gods and goals apart from those which are his. Summed up with Jesus. Not my will, but thy will be done. That's a huge ask from God. It's powerful. As a young Christian, I came to Christ and I, I, was, I was very blessed in as much that I, I came as an out-and-out sinner. I realized there was very little, nothing that I could offer God. I was undone by his grace and the power of the gospel. And anything I had was of little value. And very soon I'd given most of what I had away. Carol thought she was marrying a rich guy, but I was penniless. I was working in a company... And uh, I started in this company as a computer programmer. And 20 years, and at that time I was just about, I became a, a Christian. And when I left that company, this is all of grace, it's nothing of me. I was the, the group corporate planning manager of a company that had, at that time in 1970. Had a turnover of three hundred million pounds, and it was God. I chose to sort first His kingdom and His righteousness. 
and without anything of myself of asking or looking for promotion, I found myself zipped on this accelerated career path within Herx Argay. And it was because of one thing only that I put Jesus first. Everyone in the company knew I did that. I refused to, in head office, be there working late. They knew I'd give everything I had from nine to five. But after five, I went home because I was a pastor and I had two young children. And yet God blessed me. Sent such a degree that our company was taken over and I was given a redundancy and I could could go full-time in the ministry. I started in the ministry with, with nothing, just trusting God and deciding that I would put him first. And since that time, God has opened amazing doors only because I tried to always seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. I haven't always succeeded, maybe often failed. So can we move on? Yeah. And this simplicity, it flows from an inward reality into an outward life, not the other way round. Not an outward reality somehow changing me inwardly. It's an inward reality of the work of God in your life works out into a simple life. We live, you and I live in a hedonistic society. Its pursuit is not holiness, its pursuit is happiness and holidays. It is consumption driven. We are driven to spend and the player in that is commercialism, is in advertising. Some of you might be working in that area as a I'm not saying that you're, but that's the way of the society in which we live. To work on dissatisfaction with what we have and what we stare at long enough, we imitate. And what we think about long enough, we do. And we're, a, we're, we're honestly, to, to actually justify ourselves, we have a, a gospel which is a, a prosperity gospel. The someone said, God wants us to be that way. Someone God wants the driver in my life to be ownership. In Congo, I, I, I'm undone by people who have nothing. And they say, I say, how do you live? And they say, we live by the grace of God with a smile on their face. With next to nothing. In India, the majority of people, Christians... They'd laugh if I spoke to them about holidays. They don't know. 
For us, today's luxury becomes tomorrow's necessity. And Jesus says, don't store up here. Matthew 8, 20 says, foxes, Jesus said, foxes have dens and birds' nests, but the son of man and man has nowhere to leave his head. Jesus was not poor, don't, don't get me wrong. There was one of the number who looked after the money. He never, he never begged for money. His father was an artisan. He lived for the poor. He says you can't serve two masters. It's easier for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Well, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. I'm told love not the world, love not the way the world thinks, its philosophies and its ways. Be single-minded. So what is the path to simplicity? I look to Peter again. Yeah, and again. Thank you. It's not complicated. It's agree with God. Submit. Now, today. If God is speaking to you, submit. Do it. And that's why I've said before, not because I'm speaking, but when anyone speaks, maybe you should have a pad and a pencil or your, your phone out, not looking at Facebook, but on, on your notes, putting notes in there. If you were a, a secretary in the days when people had secretaries, you'd go and see your boss with a pad and a pen in your hand to take notes for instructions that when you leave his presence, you go and do it. I can tell you for sure that most of what I've said you will forget. And if you were to give a pricey in 15 minutes time to me about what I said, I would be shocked by what you heard. (laughs) But if God who loves you and cares for you, and has all power, and all authority, and has saved you to be his child, and you come in his presence, and he speaks to you, is that for your good and for your simplicity? Is he out to make your life more complicated? Is he out to cause you trouble and hassle? No. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. Keep your word. He keeps his. Be a person of integrity. Integrity is is about singularness, if that's a word. Being whole without duplicity. Duplicity. 
avoid compromise, be people of truth. Always choose to love. Always show grace. Be gentle and generous. Seek the Holy Spirit and desire to walk with God. Pray God's agenda into your life. Not your agenda into his life. Ask him what you should do. Pray before you buy anything. Buy in haste, repent in leisure. How many have been there? Choose not to accumulate. We had a friend in our, when I was pastor in Elam. And uh, he was a bit of an anathema in those days because he was so close to this it was uncomfortable. Yeah? And he was into the business of deaccumulating, if that's a word. Yeah? Get rid of stuff. Don't amass it. It's not going with you. Do not store up. The next one. Peter, you're doing an amazing job. Better than me. Do not store up. You know, when we store up, it's so that we don't have to depend upon God. We can store up so much that we can become independent. I don't need any daily bread because I've got stacks of it. I can sort of aquaplane without God for a little while until I fall on my face and then I need him again. Manna was given just enough for the day. Ah, the day before the Sabbath, you could have two lots, couldn't you? But it would go mouldy after that. We were created to depend. He loves it when we depend upon him. You know, I was thinking as Graham was talking and about the, the situation in, in Syria um, and uh, Turkey. In amongst all this, in all the dust and the rubble, you see hundreds upon hundreds of people all working to save someone. And when they pull someone out of the rubble, they've forgotten the dust and the rubble. There's a life that's been saved. And they shout and they cry. Do you know heaven's like that? When the moment one person on this earth turns to Christ and is pulled out of the rubble of this world into the kingdom of God, There's myriads of angels celebrating. The moment you say yes to God, I believe spiritually there's a deafening hallelujah in heaven. When we yield to him. This same person who was on my case about deaccumulating he always, you know, I'm, I've been a busy person. I, I like doing stuff. And he would, it was, it was terrible. 
he would say less is more. And I'm a more is more business person. And he's saying less is more, Ian. We don't need to be doing more in church. That's what Wayne's been saying as well. We move on to the next one, and uh, yeah. So simplicity is a discipline. It's a choice. It's not a virtue. God doesn't give me simplicity. He chooses me to live in simplicity. And it's one of the great secrets of greatness and peace. It's a... I don't know, it's a call to let go. It's a call to let Jesus be the centre. It's a call to put some stuff down. It ends with, why worry? Why do you worry when you've got the Lord? Why am I putting... My trust in horses and chariots. When I've got him. Stop trying to work things out. And trust. Stop judging others and love them. Hold everything lightly, but Jesus tightly. Could you do that? (coughs) Could you? And then you enter. Have have I run out of slides, by the way, Peter? Is that it? What's that? Oh, that's good. (coughs) Yeah? That's the last slide. You'll be pleased to know. Yeah? You enter into holy contentment. Things might not change immediately, but they've changed. This is a radical thing. And yet it's the normal Christian life. For all Christians, for all time. A life of simple faith, bringing freedom and joy having Jesus at the centre of your heart. Freedom from other masters. Freedom from insecurities and fears. How many of us want to buy into that? And not be fear-driven? Freedom to serve others generously. Including my enemies. Freedom to be fruitful and freedom to be authentic. The world longs for an authentic church. And you and I, by yielding we can be. I just love our our musicians just to come, come forward. 
And just to pray, and I'm just going to end and I'm going to pray over you. And then I'm going to ask if, after I've said this prayer, Now, I'm going to ask you to say the prayer with me. Would you do that? I mean, it can be uncomfortable someone giving you a prayer because they're my words, my thoughts, I'm asking you to say before God. That's either you trust me or you can just read it very quickly before you can start. Or you say it with a caveat um, at the end of it. But I hope it's your heart. It comes from Ephesians 3. And just as we, can we just pray gently just to take the edge off of and give us a sense of just um, of quiet. But this is Paul's prayer for, to the Ephesian church and might be your prayer for yourself. Because it's God's will. Stay seated. And we'll pray together as best we can in harmony. Father, I pray that out of your glorious riches, you may strengthen me with power through your spirit in my inner being, so that Christ may dwell in my heart through faith. And I pray that I, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that I may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Hallelujah. Now to you, Father who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his work that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Claire, when she was here a little while ago at the induction, told us to pray big prayers. You have prayed a huge, huge prayer. That you would be filled with the fullness of God. Can you imagine that? What you have just prayed. And if God answers that, The world better look out. The devil better start moving away. And the kingdom of God has come. Now before I I hand over, I ask you to stand. And if the Lord has spoken to you, I ask you with me to make this declaration now. Father, together, Father, I declare in your presence that I want to always and as a priority 
seek your kingdom and your righteousness, knowing that at times it will lead to hard choices. I desire to engage with the leading of the Holy Spirit so that I may walk in the path of simplicity, joy and fulfilment for the glory of your name. Amen. May the Lord bless you. Please be seated.